hold it back. No river can overtake it. No whirlwind can go faster. No army can defeat it. No law can stop it. No distance can slow it. No disease can cripple it. No force on earth is more powerful or effective than the power of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we do praise you and thank you, Father, for all that you're taking us through this year with prayer. Father, we do ask you, teach us to pray, Lord. And Father, tonight as we look at intercessory prayer, open up the eyes of our heart, Father. Help us to see what it is that you want us to see from your word about intercessory prayer. And Father, I pray we would all leave here encouraged to pray for those that you would put on our hearts. So we love you, Lord, and we invite you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, so as we've been studying prayer, we've learned that prayer is communion or communication or talking with God. And prayer is the umbrella of many forms of this communication or communion with God. Within prayer, There is confession of sin. Lorraine just gave us a great study on that, when we've sinned and how to come to the Lord in confession of that. We've gone over worship and praise and thanksgiving, adoration for who God is, uh, thanksgiving for what he's done and what he will do. There are supplications and petitions, which are a seeking or an entreaty or requesting or asking something of God. And tonight we're going to look at the form of prayer known as intercession. And we're going to see what is intercession, who can intercede, and ways to intercede. Intercession is a petition or a supplication, but it's always on behalf of another person. It means to stand in the gap or in the breach, like a bridge between someone and the Lord. And this can be for a believer or for a non-believer. Our workbook gave us the great example of Moses as he interceded with the Lord for the children of Israel in Numbers chapter 14. So we're going to take a quick look at this account in uh, Numbers 14. In verses 1 through 4, the people are freaking out because of the reports of the promised land. Joshua and Caleb say, let's go and take possession of the land and the ten spies who accompanied Joshua and Caleb, say, no, no, we can't. The natives are too big and they're too mighty. They're going to kill us. And so here we see the congregation actually rebelling against God's commands because of their unbelief of what God had already promised them. They were being led by their feelings and by their fear instead of their faith in what God had spoken to them, instead of their faith in the living God. And so they complain, not only against Moses and Aaron, but they actually directly accuse the Lord of evil towards them. They were angry with God, and they were accusing him of plotting the murder of them and their wives and their children. And then in verses 5 through 10, Moses and Aaron, they hit the ground, face down. They prostrate themselves before God on behalf of the people. And Joshua and Caleb they rip their clothing, which, which is an act of remorse or lament. And they attempt to persuade the people by reminding them of God's promises. But the congregation's only response is, stone them and let's pick a new leader to take us back to Egypt. 
And then in verses 10 through 12, the people, we see they are so out of control that the glory of the Lord appears in the tabernacle. God comes to intervene. And he says to Moses, that's it. I'm going to strike them all. I'm going to disinherit them. I'm going to make you a nation greater and mightier. And if you think about this, this was quite an offer to Moses. You you know what this would have done? It would have put Moses in the position of a patriarch like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If Moses did nothing and this plan went into effect, the nation, the current nation would perish. And somehow God, because he can do anything, nothing is impossible with him. He would start all over with Moses and the new nation would be greater and mightier than the present one. In verses 13 through 19, we see Moses, instead of taking this promotion, he takes to humility and interceding for the people. And this tells us here that intercession begins with a humble heart. And intercession will put others before ourselves, as we saw with Nehemiah in chapter 3 of our workbook. Only a humble heart can intercede for others to benefit more than we, especially when maybe those others are actually against us, like they were against Moses. They wanted a new leader to take them back to Egypt. Jesus said in Luke 6.28, Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Only a heart which possesses the love of God can do this, as Moses was doing here. And we read in this passage that Moses' purpose for interceding was for the glory of God. Moses knew that if God had wiped out the present nation and started again, it would be a black mark on God's reputation before the other nations, especially before Egypt. Moses brings up God's promise made to his people to bring them into the land, which he swore back in Exodus 3. Moses prays to the Lord to not give the nations any opportunity to think God had not been true to his word. And ladies, the lesson for us here is that the ultimate object of prayer is to honor God's name. We see that in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. This should always be our motive, our purpose. When we pray and we intercede for others, for God to be glorified, for his purposes and his will to be accomplished. Verses 17 through 19, Moses appeals not only to God's glory, but he also appeals to God's power and God's attributes. Verse 17 says, And now I pray, let the power of my Lord be great, just as you have spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. So we see here Moses appeals to the power of God, but he asks God that he would use that power by showing his long-suffering, his abundant mercy, and forgiving their iniquity and transgression. And each of these attributes are first mentioned in Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 through 8, where Moses met with the Lord on Mount Sinai, and the Lord proclaimed these attributes about himself 
to Moses. And, and that's why Moses refers to this when he says, just as you have spoken. He's reminding him of what God had spoken to him about his own attributes. Moses knew the Lord in this intimate way. And he knew that he could intercede for the people based on the attributes of the Lord. Moses was basically saying, Lord, you've revealed yourself to me by your word, and your word declares who you are. Now, Lord, please act towards Israel according to whom you have declared yourself to be by your word. Pardon their iniquity according to the greatness of your mercy. Moses knew God's promises, and he appeals to those promises. He knew God's power, and he appeals to God's power. Moses knew God's attributes, and he appeals to his attributes all for the glory of God. This is a great example for us to follow as we intercede. But what makes Moses' intercession so wonderful here is not so much his method of appealing to the Lord, but his heart when he comes to appeal to the Lord or to intercede. Moses is not only a man of humility, and not only is his concern for God's glory and God's reputation, but the intercession shows that he has God's heart for God's people. And this is to be our heart as we intercede for others. When we pray for others, do we pray with a broken heart or a heart of compassion for others? You know, it's easy to do this for those we love and for those we get along with. But do we have the heart of Moses for the unsaved? Do we have the heart of God and Moses here for those who are difficult, even for those who are against us, like the people were against Moses here? And I'll be the first to be honest with you. It's not always easy. Our humanness, our flesh, we don't want to pray for those who come against us. We don't want to pray for those it's difficult to get along with, but that's the heart of God. And if we're going to intercede, we are to come with God's heart. That's one of the first things we can ask him is give us your heart, Lord, for these people. Our best defense or our protection for the, is, is intercession for difficult people. Because there will be people that don't like me. They don't like you. They don't like our husband. Maybe they don't like one of our kids or all of our kids. You know, and they make it known. And our best defense, our best, best protection is intercession. And as we do that, we must not lose focus of the purpose and the attitude for interceding, for God to be glorified and the love of God in our hearts. As I said, it's not always easy, but God will always honor when we come to him with this attitude in this heart. I have seen him work in hearts over the years, and he wants to show all of us. He's there, and he will work when we can come to him in that humility. Verses 20 to 21, the Lord responds to Moses, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. So God did not wipe out everyone, but consequences still remained for their rebellion. The people would wander in the desert for 40 years total. Everyone who was presently 20 years or older would perish in that wilderness as they wandered through it. Only Joshua and Caleb 
and those that were 19 years and under would see and enter the promised land. And at first reading of this account, it may seem like Moses was able to change God's mind by interceding for the people. But we know that the scripture says that God does not change. We can't change his mind. So what I really liked what Chuck Smith had to say about this, and I want to read to you a short commentary. Chuck Smith said, It would appear that God was angry with the people and wanted to wipe them out. It seemed that Moses and God, excuse me, it seemed that Moses calmed God down enough to relent from his anger against their unbelief. But God was the one who inspired the prayer of Moses. And this prayer of Moses clearly shows us the heart of God. And this is what Chuck bases it on. God's justice demanded that the people be rejected and destroyed because of their rebellion. But God's heart of love and grace caused him to desire their salvation. And if you think about it, that's the gospel in a nutshell, right? God's justice demands that those of us that are away from God and have rejected him, we should be destroyed. But God's grace and his heart of love would prefers that we are saved through Jesus Christ. And so that's the same principle here uh, with the children of Israel and, and what they deserve, but what God really wanted for them. He continues, So God gave the decree of judgment. Then he sovereignly inspired Moses to pray a beautiful prayer of intercession that God then chose to answer. Our prayers don't really change God, but he chooses to use our prayers as the vehicle by which to pour out his grace and love on us. Ladies, do you realize that some of our prayers, our intercessions, originate directly from the throne of God? At times, the Lord will speak directly to us for his will, for a person or a situation. And as we pray that specific prayer, which he has put into our hearts, he brings it to pass. I mean, it's a win-win with God. There, there is a situation, for example, where someone had their facility broken into and um, a, a lot of expensive things were stolen. And there was this one item that was, it, it wasn't so much the monetary value, it was the, the sentimental value that it had. And uh, the person had said, you know, the only thing that matters to me is this one item that can never be replaced. I'll, I'll never be able to replace that. So there was a group of people with them that day to pray for the situation. And one person prayed out that the Lord would return that item. Well, the next day they found that item in one of the other rooms. Now the thieves had just dropped it maybe. Now I don't, the person praying that didn't make that item return, but God put that prayer in their heart because he already knew what he was going to do, but he wanted everyone that day who were there for that prayer to see him work. So you see prayers that originate in the throne of God. We don't even realize it sometimes he wants to use every one of us in that way. We don't realize it. If we're in tune with the Lord, as we intercede, he will give us those specific prayers and you pray it for someone. Then God brings it to pass and God is glorified. And, and he wants to use every one of us to do great and mighty things in the lives of others. Our prayers aren't brought to pass because we have any power. 
or because we're so holy or because we name it and claim it or because we visualize it. It's the Lord who does it all. It's his will, his wisdom, his power, his attributes that will bring a prayer or an intercession to pass. And this is why he is to get all the glory. So who can intercede? Just as prayer is commanded by God, we, excuse me, just as prayer is commanded by God, we are also commanded to intercede for others. Jesus commands us in Matthew 5, 43 to 44. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. First Timothy 2, 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. James 5, 14 through 16 tells us to pray for the sick and to pray for one another that we may be healed. And then he says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And in Ephesians 6, 18, at the end of the whole armor of God, Paul who was a man of intercessory prayer, tells us that we are to always pray for all the saints. Intercessory prayer is an aspect of a healthy Christian life. In fact, to not pray at all and to not intercede is sin. First Samuel twelve twenty three. Samuel told the people, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. There are some that have the erroneous idea that intercession is the privilege and the calling of some super-Christians. This is without any biblical basis, and it really, that just leads to a sense of pride and superiority. God calls all of his people to be intercessors. It's God's desire that every believer be active in intercessory prayer. It's a privilege that we all have through Jesus Christ to be able to come boldly before the throne of Almighty God with our prayers for others. And we would be wise women to ask others to intercede for us because we know that we all can use all the help that we can get. Secondly, Jesus... um, As we looked at the wonderful example of Moses, we have to remember that Jesus is our exemplary example of intercessory prayer. Say that five times fast. In the the book of John, chapter 17, 21 of the 26 verses is a prayer of Jesus on behalf of his disciples and all believers. Isaiah 53, 12 says, And he, speaking of the Messiah, bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Romans 8.34 tells us that Jesus died, is risen, and is at the right hand of God and makes intercession for us. Hebrews 7.24-27 through 27 says, But he, speaking of Jesus, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. 
who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Intercession is the present ministry of Jesus our Lord. He intercedes for believers and non-believers alike because he is merciful and because of God's love for mankind. And again, this is the heart that we are to have as we intercede for others. And then thirdly, the Holy Spirit is available to intercede for us. While Jesus intercedes in heaven for us, the Holy Spirit intercedes on earth in us. Jesus, as our high priest, intercedes for us in heaven, and the Holy Spirit acts for him as his agent on earth. The Holy Spirit will always be in agreement with Jesus and will only act with his consent according to the Lord's will and in line with his word. Uh, John sixteen fourteen says, He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Sometimes we are so overwhelmed, we don't know how to vocalize that, how, how to pray, what we should pray. And all we can do sometimes is literally just cry before God or sigh before him. And this is where the spirit will make intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes that's all we can do is just, Lord, I give you my burdens and, and, and cry before him. And the Holy Spirit will be interceding for us. Sometimes it's praying in your heavenly language, 1 Corinthians 14. And sometimes, because Jesus knows our needs better than we, his Holy Spirit breathes into our prayers those desires which come out as spoken prayers. And again, we're totally unaware of it until it comes to pass, and then we can be sure that it was of him. If we are right with the Lord and in tune with his Spirit, at times he will impress upon us to intercede for someone at, at any given time or point of the day or sleepless night. When I had my son, James, who actually was actually 28 years ago today, uh, I had him on a Tuesday. And that Sunday, uh, one of the sisters who, who came here back then uh, finds Henry and says, Hey, how's Gloria? And Henry says, We had the baby this week. You did? When? We had, we had him on Tuesday. She's like, Oh, my gosh. What time? He said, about noon. She goes, oh, my gosh. She proceeds to tell Henry that that day she woke up and I was on her mind. So she prayed for me. She interceded. She knew I was very pregnant, and she interceded. She prayed. And throughout the morning, I, I would come to mind, and she would shoot up a prayer and just ask the Lord to be with me. And somewhere around noon, it just stopped. I stopped coming to her mind. The Lord had her praying for me all through my labor and delivery. You know, again, it comes straight from the throne of God. That's the Holy Spirit. He wants to do that in each and every one of us. But we have to be right with him. We have to be in tune with him. We need to hear his spirit. And again, we don't even know it until hindsight will we know. But that's what he wants to do in each and every one of us. 
So we are commanded to intercede for others. Jesus intercedes for us as our high priest, and the Holy Holy Spirit intercedes for us and directs us in prayer. So I want to look at some practical ways to intercede. Uh, You know, we've gone through a lot already about being right with the Lord and thanksgiving. So I'm just going to go into some practical ways here. Again, we can intercede for believers and non-believers alike. We are to stand in the gap for others. Uh, Again, we can ask Jesus to intercede for someone or for a situation. And we can ask the Holy Spirit to intercede or to direct our prayers as we pray for them. Uh, we can also pray corporately as a body. Here we have Thursdays once a month. I encourage you, ladies, you have to come to these, these prayers that we have once a month. I have seen the Lord answer incredibly from prayers that came out of this sanctuary. The burdens of our heart, we lift them to him, and, and he honors our, our prayer time as a body. Here in our women's study, periodically, we have prayer I encourage you, don't be shy to pray out aloud, to intercede for someone. Remember, we are commanded to intercede. And at a minimum, we should be praying along with those that are praying aloud for someone. You have prayer partners in your discussion groups. It's an opportunity to intercede for someone all week long. Please don't just do it tonight and then forget about it. Pray for that person all week long. We have intercessions privately, a prayer closet. Maybe that's literally a closet. Anybody see the war room? Anywhere you can be alone without the kids for a time of praying and reading daily. I've shared this story before, but I'll share it again. When my kids were little, the earlier I got up to spend time with the Lord, the earlier they got up. So I got them a digital clock. And they could not come out of their bedroom until that clock said 8-0-0. Now, if they had to go to the bathroom, they could go. And sometimes they'd tiptoe down the hallway. And I'd be in them and they'd go, I have to go pee. They'd say, and then they'd go back to their room. But what I had to be done at, by 8-0-0, as soon as that clock clicked, that door flung open. And they were, it's 8-0-0. And they'd come out and our day started. So... You have to find that time, make that time to be alone with the Lord. Driving, just keep your eyes open, please. But while you're driving, if you've got a 40-minute hour commute, it's a great time to intercede. Turn off the radio and intercede. I mean, you have a lot of time there in our freeways these days. If you're a walker while you're walking, use that as your intercession time. If you're running, gardening, I mean, cleaning house. You know, when, when my kids were younger and they were home, we had a day of the week that was house cleaning and we'd blast the music full blast and we'd all get the house done and it was great. And after they left, you know, I would do my own little Mrs. Doubtfire by myself there with the music going. But you know, now I really like the quiet. <laughs> I like just the solace, the quiet and cleaning house is a good time to intercede for others as you, you know, Make the sheets, you know, pray for your husband as whatever it is that you're doing. Ask the Lord to clean out those things in, you know, somebody's life if there's things that shouldn't be there. Uh, I have a friend who she came to the Lord before her husband and she told me that when she would scratch his back, she would just quietly 
intercede in her prayer language for him, just as she scratched it for his salvation. And she would just scratch his back as she made his the bed and, Lord, bring him to know you as she fluffed his pillow and put the sheets. So, you know, again, there's a, a lot of practical daily things we can make that that regular time to intercede whenever possible. And I and whenever it is possible, I like what Moses and Aaron did in Numbers 14, verse 5. They fell on their faces. Anytime you have an opportunity, get on your face before God and give them the burdens of your heart as we intercede. Because Moses and Aaron were older and wiser, they knew how bad the situation was. They knew that they had to cry out to God for a miracle if Israel was to be spared. So they prostrated themselves in prayer. Ladies, let's not be shy before God. I'm sure we all know someone who is in a very difficult situation. Israel was out of control. Do you know someone who's out of control? Or worse, thinks they're in control, but they're in rebellion to God? Moses and Aaron went face down. It's a heart of humility. Again, it's not the, you know, there's not more power because you're on the carpet, uh, but it's the, the attitude, the heart of humility and, and care and the love of God for that person or that situation. Another practical way is highlighting scriptures. It's praying the word of God. Get a highlighter, and when a scripture just pops out, it's God's word. And, and you highlight that, and you pray that for someone, and you just may leave it at the Lord's feet there. You may never come back to it again. Or you might, as you're going through the scriptures, and, and you just pray that every time. That is, I, my Bibles are full of blue highlights for my, for my sons and my husband. Now I have a grandson and a daughter-in-law to include in there. But, you, you know, they're highlighted because it's God's word, and those are qualities, characters, pra- character traits, prayers that you want for these people. Pray with your husband, whether he's a believer, a strong believer, or a weak believer. You know, if he's a strong believer, you should be praying with your husband regularly for your family, for your home, for the ministry. There should be that regular time. And we're all busy, but try to carve out a once a week at least to pray with him. If he's a weak believer, try to to make that time because you know how encouraging that's going to be to him eventually when he sees God work because you're interceding for people. If he's a non-believer and he's open to prayer, pray with him. But a word of caution, don't make it the time of praying for his faults before God. Okay, if he's a non-believer, that's not the time to pick on him, okay? I know someone who used to do that and it was not good, okay? Pray with your kids. Oh, this is so important. By interceding with your children for others, you're going to teach them to be intercessors. It's never too early to start. Uh, Again, when my boys were little, from kindergarten through high school, they had a prayer journal. And we would, once a week, uh, have that prayer time. And uh, at kindergarten, they would dictate what they wanted for me to pray for. And then we would, we also had for, for themselves, but we also had for others as they got older into, um, a little bit older elementary, uh, they would fast a breakfast. Now, you know, you kind of have to work into that with your kids. You know, maybe it's ju- maybe it's waiting an hour, then it's waiting two hours and it's waiting for lunch, but it's something the Lord has to show you how to work. If you're even going to do that, maybe the fasting could be not having any kind of a, a drink other than water that whole day. 
because you're lifting people in prayer. But we would pray. We would have our Bible study. We would pray. Uh, when they got a little older, we'd, we'd fast, and, and we'd have a really good lunch. Uh, <laughs> but when my son uh, was packing up his room to move out, he came to me with his prayer journal that he found. And he had in there, first of all, I know it was special to him because we prayed in these prayer journals from kindergarten all the way through high school. Once they graduated high school, my prayer journal time with them was done. But in there was a prayer for my brother who was a chronic alcoholic for as long as I can remember, probably right after his teens. He started drinking in his teens. And my boys from kindergarten through high school had been praying for him on a weekly basis. And my brother came to fully surrender his life to the Lord about five years ago. But they prayed all these years for him. My son came and we go, look, Uncle Augie's in there. You know, and, and as we went through the, the prayer journals, we would mark off, we would date, things that got answered. So, so it's never too early to start. And it's never too late. If, if that time has passed with your children, our grandkids are our second chance. Have a prayer, have a prayer time with them whenever you can. But, but we're teaching the next generation to intercede and God honors that. He honors intercessory prayer. So in conclusion, intercessory means petition or supplication on behalf of another. It means to stand in the gap between someone and the Lord. God's given us a wonderful example of intercessory prayer through Moses. Moses was a servant whose purpose is, was for God's glory and who had the heart of God for others. We are commanded in God's word to intercede. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. We can call upon the Holy Spirit to intercede. We have the privilege of interceding as the body of Christ corporately and privately. The prayers of intercession by God's people are vital to the life of his church. And if you look at the book of Acts, you will see that prayer was foundational at the beginning of the church or at the, at the inception of the church. People were healed. People were raised from the dead. Peter was delivered from prison. Missionaries were sent out. And intercessory prayer was behind the advancement of the word of God. It takes a selfless person to intercede. The immature, the weak Christian prays only for himself. Kind of like some of the, you know, they're, they're kids, but you know, some of the prayers, you know, I want all the, there was another one. I guess it ended sooner, but there was one that said at the end, I want all the toys and toys are us. That was their prayer. <laughs> so the immature person, the weak Christian will pray for himself, but a mature Christian will intercede for others. And when we intercede for others, we will experience the blessing of being used of God to bless others. When we intercede for others, we'll experience the mighty hand of God and we'll be able to give him all the glory. So ladies, let's purpose to always be right with the Lord so we can be ready to intercede at any time for anyone. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, again for your wonderful word, your examples, Father, for Jesus who intercedes for us, for your Holy Spirit who can teach us and give us those prayers for others. Father, 
We just, Father, ask you to intercede for every one of us here, Lord. You know the needs, you know the burdens of the heart, the things that, that um, Lord, sometimes we can't even utter. We come to you with those and ask you, Jesus, to intercede for those burdens of our heart, Father. Lord, teach us to pray as we do intercede for others. Lord, we ask for prayers that originate from your throne for others, and that you would bring them to pass and you would get all the glory. So we just thank you, Father. We pray that you would use us to intercede for your people, to have the heart that Moses had and the humility, Father, to have your heart. And we thank you, Father, for your power and your attributes that will answer these prayers according to your will, to your purpose, according to all that you have planned, Father. We love you and we praise you and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.